Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Cats. Subscribe to Cast Plus, where you can listen ad-free. And check out our Lost in Panama after show episodes, where Jeremy and I sit down to dissect this case in far more detail than we're able to get into the main show. There's so much more to talk about here. Rabbit trails we didn't have time for, and Jeremy and I dig deep in these after show episodes. To listen to them, just go to castmedia.com slash cast plus. Hola, mi gente. Welcome to Lost in Panama, the after show, where Jeremy and I discuss the twists and turns of our investigation and reveal details and on-the-ground moments that we didn't have time for during the episode. Hey, Jer, thanks for being on. Hi, Mariana. Thanks for having me. So, wow, this episode is probably the hardest one to get through of the entire investigation. In what way? Well, it was just... We lived it on the ground and hearing it again, Margarita's story is just so heartbreaking and infuriating. The fact that, you know, whether this happened or not, but just listening to her testimony was tough as a journalist. I have to commend her for her bravery. Remember when this apparently frail 69-year-old woman showed up ready to speak her truth. It was just one of those moments as a storyteller and as a journalist that you never forget. If she was indeed telling the truth, I want to believe that she was, but she did change her story, important details swapped back and forth. And we know that some of what she said is is wrong. So, But of course, you want to give someone the benefit of the doubt in a situation like that. Yes. And just even the loss of her son and that she's living in this community where all of these stories haunt her was tough to hear. It was gut-wrenching for me. And I remember that I just, hearing her, I just started tearing up during the interview and she hugged both of us in the end. She really believes this is what happened and that she wants justice for her son. When you talk about Jer, though, the about the police report and some of the details that Margarita mentioned, what stuck out to you that you like our listeners to know about? Well, one of the things that makes me believe her story is the truth is a detail that she talked about concerning the alleged perpetrators using kerosene when they buried the remains of Chris and Lasanne under the mango tree, pouring kerosene on the remains to speed up decomposition. And we know from the autopsy report that Chris's number 10 rib showed signs of bone bleaching. And when we spoke to the forensic anthropologist who did the autopsies and told him what Margarita had said about kerosene being used, he said that that would work very well to bleach the bones or at least to bleach that bone. 
So it's very unlikely that Margarita has ever had access to Chris and Lasanne's autopsy report to know that there was bone bleaching. So that's an interesting detail. The forensic experts at the time in Panama, multiple members of the national forensics team had suggested that a caustic substance had been put on the remains and that could account for the bleaching. They had speculated perhaps lime, but the gentleman we spoke to and interviewed said that kerosene would actually work faster than lime to result in bone bleaching. So that seems to be a a very compelling detail that makes me believe Margarita might be telling us the truth. And a very specific one at that. She also mentioned her son, Osman Valenzuela's murder and the condition of his body at the morgue. How does that jive with the police report as to how Osman's body was found and analyzed? That's interesting. She suggested that his wrists had been bound together and that he was covered with bruises as though there had been a struggle. That does not seem to be what the coroner reports in the autopsy. Uh, There is a blow to the parietal lobe on the right side at the back of the head, and there are a series of small bruises within a seven by eight centimeter circumference. So that's very small on the outside of Osmond's right knee. The rope burns or the signs that his hands had been manacled, that's not in the autopsy, nor are there multiple bruises that would indicate a struggle. But again, I would like to give her the benefit of the doubt. There are post-mortem changes in skin coloration that often occur as the blood congels in the veins and arteries near the surface of the skin. And that could have resulted in what she saw and, and interpreted as bruising. Could be one explanation. He did have a wound to the head. Yes, a hemorrhagic contusion as as if he had been struck from behind, which also is in line with what she's telling us Murdoch Murgas told her. And in fact, it's also, it's mentioned in the police report that Murgas was the last person to be seen with Osman while he was alive, that uh, they went off together. That was reported by multiple witnesses interviewed by the police. Murgas probably out of guilt, we can imagine, felt the need to confess to Margarita and wanted to come forward to the police before he himself was allegedly murdered or wasn't in an accident. Yes. And two of our suspects in the Kramer's throne case, or alleged suspects by multiple sources that we've spoken to, Henry Tito Gonzalez and Edwin Sabroson Aguirre, were also there on site when Osman was killed, and they were interviewed by the police, questioned by the police, uh, as were their girlfriends who were with them at the time having a party on the riverbank. And that's the other thing about Margarita's testimony. These same names keep coming up of this pandilla that are all over the police report that other people have mentioned to us. And now the story that she told us How did you feel about having this complete picture, perhaps for the first time, about how everything possibly happened and these people at the center of it? You know what, that's a very good question. But I want to mention one other detail that we weren't able to work into the episode that I think is very interesting. So one of the police officers who investigated Osmond's death told us that they asked Morgas and Tito and Sabrason and, and the women with them to identify where Osmond had gone off to use the bathroom. And they asked, you know, where was that on the riverbank? 
And as they're being questioned, you know, they told the police where it allegedly was. But the body was found upstream from mm. that. I remember point. that. Yes. Uh huh. And he, he said, so what was Osman, a salmon in Spanish? He said, remember that, that somehow swam against the current after falling in and drowning. So they were suspicious of that. The cops were suspicious of that at the time. Thank you for bringing that up. I've forgotten that detail, but Margarita did mention that and we talked about it on the ground. Tell me about this complete picture as someone who has been investigating this case for eight years and had been on the ground before finally having access to this witness and, and hearing her story that tied some loose ends, at least, seemingly. Well, at first, I thought this was the Panamanian deep throat of our investigation who was going to break it wide open. But then when some of the details didn't hold up, I was less hopeful, but I still think it's very compelling and important. And, you know, she is almost 70. Maybe she's misremembering some details and that's very possible. And eight years have gone by. Do you remember when she was explaining to us about the SIM cards and the phone calls and some of that didn't make a lot of sense to us? But also I was like, yeah, this woman is almost 70 and her knowledge of SIM cards and 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 retracing phone calls and, and photos and Photoshop. She's not an expert in these issues. Mm-hmm. And on the one hand, the idea that Osman, according to the police report, was murdered. And that happens three days after Chris and Lissane go missing, April that 1st. And then he so dies on suspicious. April 4th. And he allegedly saw these men together. And there was a fist fight between one of the men, Sam John Downer and Osman. We have that corroborated by other witnesses. So that seems like an enormous coincidence. The part where I'm confused is where she spoke of the pandilla having faked the phone calls and forged the photographs. That seems a a bit of a stretch. But these are technical things. And as you mentioned, she's 70. She's having to relive this trauma. And this happened eight years ago. And that's where I think that she kind of lost us. But at the same time, it's understandable in a way. I know that we were very concerned about Margarita's safety and you leading our investigation went to great lengths to make sure that she was in some way protected. Can you share that with our listeners? Well, we had our detective, Martin Ferrara, looking after her. They had a close relationship before, but we asked him to pay special attention. And the fact that she lives in the same kind of compound as a alleged drug dealer who Tito Gonzalez purchases narcotics from to distribute in Poquete and has to confront him and he has threatened her, that must be very traumatic. I cannot imagine if her story is true to live there and constantly be confronted by this young man has got to be unthinkable. And she was worried and at the same time had the guts to come and speak with us, knowing that this was going to be made public all over the world. And I just want to also share with our audience that We did try to relocate her. Jeremy did instruct Martin to be on the alert. And we also talked about the issue, which would be the ideal, to set her up as a protected witness. But unfortunately, we were told that the case needs to be officially reopened for her to enter some sort of witness protection program. Yes. And for reasons of journalistic integrity, we were told that we could not relocate her and pay for it lest it would appear that we were essentially bribing her to... Or or compensating her in some way for speaking. That if the authorities had found out about that, it would have discredited her as a witness, unfortunately. 
So these are some of the things that we deal with as journalists on the ground. It has happened to us in other stories. And unfortunately, to be able to bring you her testimony and for her to be able to testify officially, it was a step that we discussed as a team, but we couldn't actually take. Let's move on to one of the key things Margarita mentions. And it is actually the title of this episode. To listen to the rest of this after show, go to castmedia.com slash cast plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.